Welcome to First Turn, where we play board games for the first time and discuss our immediate reactions. It's like book club, but for board games. I'm Eric, and with me is Kate, Kiwi, and BP. Hello. Hello. Hi. <laughs> Today we're going to be playing Bot Factory, designed by Vital Lacerda of On Mars, Lisboa, The Gallerist, Venus, Escape Plan, and Joao Quintella, Quintella Mar Martins? Probably Martins. Martins. The artist is Pedro Soto of Red Cathedral, and it is future published in 2023 by Eagle Griffin Games. You thought it was going to be just another day at work in the toy factory, but no. The corporate executives learned about the Kanban methodology at a seminar. Convinced of its efficiency, they have reworked the entire production floor to take advantage of the benefits of Kanban. They even brought in the manager from the local EV car plant, Sandra, as a consultant. Now you must try to impress them by all now you must try to impress them all by becoming even more productive in the toy factory where you work. Maybe if you can convince them you are gung-ho for the new approach by exceeding even their lofty expectations, you can get a supervisory position and get off the assembly line. The mechanics are open drafting, tile placement, variable phase order, and worker placement. And the box art, Kate? Um hmm. so it's a it's a playful cover. It looks um cartoony we have a bunch of robots and um and then like a cartoon yeah everything's cartoony <laughs> and then so a human in the middle um and there's um uh like a claw from like one of those uh plush toy machines where like the claw comes down and picks out somebody mm -hmm. um hanging over the human's head um the name the bot in Bot Factory, it looks like, um, you know, parts of, uh, like, machinery. Gears. Gears, yes. Um, yeah. Um, that's what I got. Yeah. Yeah, and the lighting is very focused on the one human character, because it's, like, some of the bots are very shadowed. Mm -hmm. And just so we can get another movie reference into an episode, because that's what I love doing. When Eric told me the game that they had picked to play this week, when I saw the cover, I immediately thought of Toy Story mm. and The Claw. <laughs> You're the chosen one. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, that's what I thought of. Not me. Uh, reading the description, I thought of uh, that old Santa Claus in uh, with uh, all the reject toys. Rudolph. Yeah. Rudolph the Ringer. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. With the, yeah, the Island of Misfit Toys. Mm -hmm. All right. Based on that, would you pick up the Isle of Misfit Toys, Kiwi? I'm not sure I would. The couple of Vitaliserta games that we've played, I don't think we've had a great time. Um, he really loves Kanban because he has a whole game called Kanban. So I don't even I know what this is. It's like a process. It's like a... Mm -hmm. So it's a factory process. Yeah. So it's supposed to help with like... QA, making sure all the steps get hit and making sure that the steps get hit in the correct order. It's like a, it's I, a work, I think you put it process. Yeah. Where you put it in line with like lean six Sigma and you like it's process improvement. I think I would, but then it's probably not a good idea that I would pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, so the description is, is really fun. Um, and I like the cover. No, Keep like going. the, I thought it was cute description, just the way it was written. Okay, fair. Okay, okay. <laughs> Don't pay attention but... to Eric's stupid faces. You get to be you. <laughs> but yeah, the the designer 
I do recognize that name. And I know because the, what is it called? The Vinhos? Mm-hmm. That game is here. And I know, <laughs> I know that there was some hesitation to playing it because it was like, oh gosh, that's going to be a big endeavor. Um, so I'm worried that this is also going to be uh, super complex in an unenjoyable way. We we did play Vinos and really enjoyed it though. Okay. So um, I, I think we're kind of mixed on his game. I'm mixed on his games anyway. Uh, they are complex though. And I think I was thrown off because I, at a glance, the cover art, I thought this looks like a fun light game. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the description then loses me because it reminds me of work and okay. I don't want to go to work. I, I knew that would happen. <laughs> um, yeah, that was unexpected. Uh, so as I was reading that, I was like, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> there's a, there's a, there's a consultant from an EV car plant. <laughs> and I don't want to be promoted to a supervisor. Role. Yeah. I just want to work with the robots. <laughs> so I'm going to say no, just because the description. <laughs> yeah, the description also reminds me of like some very like capitalistic kind of ideas. Like, ooh, if I do really great, I can like get that promotion in social mobility. Yeah. Uh, the cover art does remind me a little bit of Inspector Gadget, though, for the human. The mm-hmm. cover art I love. Mm-hmm. I would. Well, I mean, we'll see. But that that's what enticed me. I. It was at a glance. I was like, okay, we'll do Bot Factory. That like, looks like light, cool art. All right. Ah, uh, oh no. How do we think it's played? Well, we have to outperform things, and we've got worker placement, open drafting. So I, I don't know, whatever this card thing. I'm assuming we're putting together stuff. And so uh, tile placement. So. We're trying to put together the best robot the fastest way we can. They were putting That's together toys. Toy factory, right? Yeah, right. Some toys. Or toy robots. But also Sanders here. Yeah, I don't know what the workers are. I guess probably people on the assembly line. I imagine it's going to be assembly line like the, the toy is going to, I mean, it's going to be process flow, I feel like. Yeah. We're doing some project management. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. The tiles might be like stations on a factory line. Uh, we're going to be drafting events to put things together the workers i'm going to say are robots that build toys mm-hmm. uh probably some process control flow some feedback loops i think we're going to get it all has anyone thought about liberating the robots that could be a way to uh, go you don't know that they don't have free will they might just be employees what is a human so, if not a robot <laughs> wow wow what am <laughs> What am I? Are we going to give the robots feelings like the other game? (laughs) (laughs) No, no, no. This is distinctly separate from that game. There are no feelings in the factory. All right. uh, The history of uh, toy factories. Uh Or or liberating robots. I would accept either or. I, I will accept liberating robots because in the history of robots, um, I believe it was Aristotle who actually thought that, um, uh, yes, it was Aristotle in his politics around 322 BCE that the automa, uh, right, early words for, right, robotic machines that could do a single task, would some sometime bring about human equality and therefore the possibility of the abolition of slavery. So I feel like eventually then humans would realize they were just, instead of enslaving other humans, they would then eventually realize they were actually enslaving robots and 
liberate them, right? If Aristotle's logic is to be followed. But let's be honest, I'm not a fan of Aristotle, so we don't even have to go down that road. Uh, we can just say uh, Kiwi really wants to say something. Yes. No, I was getting a real Wally vibe because that's what happens in Wally. Right. All the robots do everything and all the humans just get fat because they don't do anything. Well, I, there are so many sci-fis about this, aren't there? Uh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Go on. Uh, but no. Uh, so obviously our modern robots are used right in industrial factories of all kinds of sorts. That's not what's interesting to me. Right. Obviously. Uh, for some reason, though, in my quick research today, I did not come across the mechanical pooping duck, which I thought was really odd because that was a really great one. And some of the early automa from like the 1600s of the common era uh, played actual flutes. So, I mean, humans pretty much since at least, uh, again, Aristotle's period, probably... Yeah, yeah, Alexandrian um, and Hellenistic engineers were probably some of the best at, develop at developing them. However, apparently in the Iliad, there may be early references to a mechanical pigeon, which I know in the early Clash of Titans, the original one, there was a mechanical owl. Um, so uh, in early Chinese lore, there's several, several references in early Buddhist texts of uh, Automa, especially ones uh, so like robotic humans who would cry uh, for the Buddha. Um, one of the one of my favorite early um, Automas that was written about in text was. Uh, let me see if I can have the right date. It was Al Jazeera. Of course, it was Al Jazeera. Uh, in around uh, the early medieval period, and uh, had a humanoid Adama uh, who served water, tea, or drinks. And it reminded me of that time we went to the sushi bar with uh, Kate and Eric. Oh, yeah, and the there was a the little robot that brought us drinks. So, yeah. That apparently has been a thing for humans to have someone or something automatic serving them drinks for like 1,200 years now. Well, it's because we're lazy. <laughs> All right. We're workers that work in a factory that just uh, started using Kanban, and now we have to convince the consultant that we are hard workers. Yeah. The player with the most points gets off the assembly line and into their own supervisory position. We gain points by building bots as efficiently as possible and fulfilling contracts. See? We are building robots. The game ends when all the bots of a single color have been built or when a player builds their fifth bot. The first player is the person who most recently purchased a robot. I have you. I don't need a robot. Wow. Oh, uh, I don't. I guess the, the question is, is what is what 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 is am our robot? <laughs> what What is a robot? What do we consider uh, a, a mechanical Instrument that can sense and interact with objects in its surroundings. Several years ago, we bought uh, an iRobot. Is that the vacuum cleaner thing? We've never bought one. Erica let me borrow one for a while. Oh, okay. Well, then we haven't purchased a robot that I know of. I've interacted with a robot today. Yeah, I think Kate should win this one because there's like robots all over ASU. They're all over campus. I run into them on my bike. Like, talks to them. 
Yeah, because sometimes they have trouble crossing the street. It was very cute. <laughs> yeah, I think Kate gets to go first. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I don't care what the first player thing is. I, that wins. Okay, so uh, this only matters for the very first turn. <laughs> After which player order is determined by meeple placement. The game it takes place over a series of rounds consisting of three phases. So in the first phase, we're going to move our workers. So in player order, we're going to move our meeple from its location to any other open location on the board and stand them up. The location must be free of other meeples and you must move to another board. So there's four boards, so you can't stay on the board that you're on. On the first turn, the meeples will start off the board and thus you can place them on any free location when it's your turn. Uh, one exception for the first turn is Sandra. So that'll be a meeple that's just sort of on the board. We will not move Sandra. Uh, when it's her turn, she will move to the next available space on the board to the right of her current board, wrapping around to the first one when she's on the fourth one. So, so is she just basically a time tracker? Uh, no, she no. takes her own actions and she blocks uh, spots. So uh, after we've all moved our meeples and Sandra has moved, we're going to perform action. So going from left to right, players will perform the main action associated with the board they're on, as well as optionally performing the executive action. Both actions are optional and you do not have to do the main action to use the executive action. And Sandra will perform an action specific to which board she's located. So if Sandra is on the same board as any player, each of those players must discard a speech token. Basically, they have to tell her how you perform your job at that location, or they have to forgo their turn, laying their meeple down and taking neither action. If you're on the assembly board, there's three spaces that will allow placement of one, one to two, or one to three part tiles. The one to three location requires a speech token to use. So you're going to take a part from your player supply and place it in the matching color column. So there's four different color bots and there are three different portions. So there's a head, a torso and legs uh, and they can be placed in any order. So you don't have to do legs and then torso and then head. Uh, and then you'll get a bonus or a reward based on how many parts are now present in that column. And then when placing more than one part, they don't have to be in the same column. For an executive action, you can spend a speech token to swap one of your parts with a part in the spare part space. Sandra is going to discard both spare parts and replace them. On the parts production board, there's three spaces that will grant one to three, one to four, one to six action points. And you can spend an action point to rotate the part wheel clockwise 90 degrees or dispense a part tile from the one of the two bottom locations. If there are open parts bays at the top of the wheel, the player refills them with a color of their choice, and this doesn't require points. And for an executive action, you can discard three of your parts in your supply and take a part of your choice from the top row. And then Sandra is going to just refill all the empty part spaces going clockwise around the board. On the project space, there's two spaces that will allow you to take one or one and two projects. Projects do not refill until the maintenance phase, and if you take the bottom tile from either column, you gain the bonus de depicted. For an executive action, you can discard two projects to gain a universal part of your choice, and universal parts can be put on any color bot. Sandra is going to discard the bottom two projects, shift all the remaining projects down, and then refill the projects board. For the finance board, there are three spaces that will allow players to spend one to two, one to three, or one to four speech tokens, and the tokens can be used to increase the value of bots for victory points at the end of the game, or you can spend them to reserve a contract file. So reserving does not restrict it from other players and no executive action here. And Sandra is going to increase the value of the lowest valued bot by one. If there's a tie 
all tied bots will go up by one. But if all the bots are tied, nothing happens. And then finally, the round will finish up with the maintenance phase where we will take each completely assembled bot on the assembly board, discard the parts, and then decrease the value of that bot by one on the finance board. And then we're going to discard the bottom row of projects, shift all the remaining projects down, and then refill the project board. So when a player completes their fifth bot and there are no more remaining bots of a single color, the game ends at the completion of the maintenance phase for that turn. Players gain points from completed bots based on their value on the finance board, completed contracts you claimed based on the tile and the row it's in, and each pair of speech tokens is a point. Players will lose points for claimed but incomplete contracts, uh, just what the value on the tile and not also the row value. They're going to lose a point for each remaining part tile they have and two points for any incomplete projects. And the player with the most points is the winner. Uh, tie goes to the player with the most bots, then to the player with an odd number of speech tokens, and then after that, they share the victory. But the rulebook does say they should play again, which is a sneaky way to make people play your game more. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And those are all the rules. Sandra sounds like a bitch. She doesn't sound pleasant, but I don't <laughs> want to judge. Okay, I did. <laughs> yeah. Full on did. Yeah. Let's play. We just finished a game of Bot Factory. To recap, Kate and BP tied with 23 incomplete robot points. Wow. Uh, I had wow. 34 green bot points, and Kiwi won with 37 mixed robot points. I think you had like one of each, right? Yeah, a little, little fruit punch of bots. Yeah. <laughs> uh, winning strategy. I don't know if I had one. I was just trying to complete bots. I, I was trying to be smart about like I was looking at other people's parts to see like, okay, if I put too many parts here, like somebody will get it. So I tried to be a little strategic and I think that cost me a couple of times because people were able to grab stuff. Uh, and then I tried to mostly avoid Sandra. I think I only got hit like one time with Sandra and then uh, that was about it. And then I always tried to pick like, Whatever spot on the board gave me the most stuff mm -hmm. since I didn't have to use all of it. So that's what I tried to do. I never got stuck with Sandra. I did a couple times. I went I went the green bot strategy. So I kind of just nobody else was going for green. So I kind of could do that and didn't have to worry about anybody stealing my bots. Mm. And then uh, at the very end, I just cranked up the value of green and it almost would have I almost had it, except I had too many parts and projects left over. I think if I had been a little more um, cautious about that, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think I had a losing strategy rather than a winning strategy <laughs> in that I did not, uh, I did not uh, save up my speech bubbles. I, it, it seemed like it was fairly easy to get them in the beginning, I think because of the placing the parts um, from the, whatever the second board was that I was like, oh, I, I shouldn't really worry about these that much, but then it really hurt me because then I couldn't do anything without them. I did not have a strategy. Okay. <laughs> I mean, it I was, was a bold choice. <laughs> I was just I pretty much trying to make robots and avoid Sandra. Yeah. Indecision is still a decision. So a yeah. lack of strategy is still a strategy. I mean, it got me to tied for last place as opposed to just last place. There you go. What did you think of the theme, Kate? Did you feel like you were... Uh managing a robot factory a toy factory i'm confused yeah definitely wasn't a toy factory. the toy was not present at all unless we were making toy robots 
Is that what we were doing? I guess. I don't know. Sure. I mean, the contract, you need a robot to fulfill the contract. So I feel like maybe the robots were the toys. Mm-hmm. I guess they're toy robots. Toy robots. Yeah. Okay. They seemed like battle bots to me. I, I hate answering this question first. <laughs> That's why we have you do it. Uh, I I think there was a decent theme. Um, I was definitely building robots and I had to get, you know, parts to build a robot. I did feel like I was being micromanaged by Sandra. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just avoided Sandra. So yeah, yeah just, maybe that yeah, is. I think you know, that's just it. avoid it's your boss. Yeah. Just like real work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 I think I, I don't think it, you're, I mean, it could have been robots. It could have been whatever. But I mean, I just feel like you're trying to put things together, like assembly, I guess. Um, I don't know. Kind of like it seemed like it clicked. I think. Kiwi and I were mentioning work stories and things along the way. So it kind of worked for me. Uh, Sandra definitely, I think, is the the key piece. Mm-hmm. Don't know if I love the overly work theme. I think they could have played into being a little bit more like, you know, satirical with it. Mm-hmm. Of like, oh, exactly. If they just said, you know, there's your boss, you got to avoid your boss and, you know, annoying coworkers and stuff like that. I I think then it would have been at least kind of fun uh, mm-hmm. theme, but it kind of works. Like given uh, the different coworkers, like scenarios, like, uh, you know, Chatty Kathy or whatever. So you don't want to get in the same spot with Chatty Kathy because she'll just talk your ear off. Or like, yeah. you know, your teammates puts the part down and somebody comes in and steals your robot completion and gets the credit. Like yeah. they could have played <laughs> up stuff like that, I feel like. And <laughs> It would have been a cathartic experience. <laughs> a kiwi? I, I think you guys said it. I think, yeah, I don't have anything to add. I feel like I should get, I don't know, get more done since I'm not good at chatting with people rather than get penalized for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go, Vari- variable player powers. I'm more efficient because I don't sit and chat. Yeah. <laughs> um, what happens now? Uh, table presence, BP. <laughs> Um, I mean, so when Kate was trying to figure out the theme, I mean, I think one of the things that helps with that is that the the different tiles do have, right, like the different body parts. And so um, I will say when I first looked at it, though, it was super overwhelming. There's just like so many colors, so many different spots. Um, but I like the tiles. Yeah, I, I agree that I thought it was going to be overwhelming when, even when Kiwi was doing the rules, I was like, four boards? Four <laughs> boards? <laughs> that sounds like a lot. But I think it was pretty easy to understand maybe some of the symbols for the executive action and, and the difference between the executive I, versus the Sandra thing. I thought that was the executive action at first. And then... Yeah, I don't know if there's in the physical game, there's like a cheat sheet, but it definitely would have helped. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'll just kind of agree. Like, I think it's complex, but the way that it's kind of laid out kind of helps with that, with like the robot assembly area, the spinny wheel thing that fills up, like, it mm-hmm. makes sense. You fill them up when they're at the top, you pull the things mm-hmm. from the bottom. Like, I think kind of the art design kind of really helped with the mechanical complexity a little spinning bit. the wheel in person would be fun. It would be fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think for the most part, like for the art, like, I don't know, I... We've talked about like busy boards before, but I think like the placement of pieces, like 
you know, the wheel makes sense. The spare parts bin with the crane makes sense. You've got like all these little workers going all over the place. There's one with like a guy that's about to drop a bunch of boxes on the person in front of them that's not paying attention, that's on their phone. So mm -hmm. I feel like, you know, the art's nice uh, look at, and I think it goes with BP's comment about the parts. You know, the, the parts are cool and the, the robots are fun. I, I kind of wish this was like, you guys remember cooties? The little plastic ants and you'd like put them together. Mm. I think what would be really fun is instead of tiles, you actually had mm. like <laughs> legs and they, and, they, and they all went together. Like that would yeah, have been that would be cool. like tac tactically, tactilely, that would have been a, a fun add. And I feel like it would, you know, a little bit more thematic too. But Yeah, I'd agree with that. Like a Lego. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, mechanics, Kiwi? Um, so yeah, so worker placement, we've played a ton of worker placement games. I, I think this one was interesting in that, you know, this one kind of goes back. We've played a couple of worker placements. I feel like in a row where it's like, anybody can do anything. Just go to the spots. Like, you know, last time when we played Tabriz, but this one, it's like, you know, there were block spots. Mm -hmm. There were spaces that were better than others. You know, there were ones where, you know, the benefit to getting less stuff made you choose that one spot. Like, you know, you only get three points on the production, on the parts board, but you get a speech bubble. And we learned from Kate that speech bubbles are important. <laughs> yeah. uh, there were a couple of times, you know, each time we did a different Sandra action for each of the boards, I did go to the rule book to, you know, go through it. But for me personally, once we did it once, I was able to like, okay, this is what Sandra does. We can move on. And the Sandra actions aren't, hard they're just it's a little bit of upkeep basically there's some uh, admin in this but yeah um i th i think it works i think i mean it works really well i like that there's a lot of like at first it's like okay you go to the spot to get your thing but then all the little like clever okay well if i do this i could also do this other action yeah. by triggering them by doing this other thing and then it gets like all really complex when you start learning all those little things Mm -hmm. Which I think um, we were slowly, everybody was slowly picking up on as we got closer and closer to the end. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like when Kate swooped in and got the yellow robot and we were all planning on getting that yellow robot differently. <laughs> yeah. Like, yep. yeah. We all had a different way to try and get yeah. it. Mm -hmm. So I, I thought that was like a clever way to like, you know, the worker placement is there, but there were a lot of other options if you kind of thought it through, I guess. Rules. How was it learning the game? Um... I think it was not, I don't know. I I don't think it was that hard. That said, I did make one really bad move on one of my turns. So I feel like I didn't have my head wrapped around how everything worked yet. So maybe it is not super quick to pick up, but um, relating back to the table presence and like not being able to really tell what the executive actions were early on you also weren't aware of, aware of those because mm -hmm. you yeah couldn't really clearly see those on the board um but i don't think it was as hard as i i expected yeah yeah i mean it did seem uh, listening to the rules very complex but i don't think that it was i mean it's definitely not intuitive it's not straightforward it definitely took us several rounds um, it's not so complex that I feel like I don't even understand what we just did, <laughs> but at the same, but you know, cause we've had those games yeah. before, Bonfire. right? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, it wasn't that, but at the same time, yeah, it's, it's definitely not something you're going to bring to the table for someone who's not familiar with board games. Right. Yep. 
Yeah, so this has been my experience with Venus. So the Vital Lacerda games is that they're definitely complex games. You're not going to figure them out quickly, but they flow well enough that they don't feel like painfully complex. Like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I'm comparing this like Feast for Odin, where it was just like, oh, yeah. there's just so much stuff that even like at the end of the game, you're like, well, I did a third of the game because I don't know what the rest does. Yeah. Like it just all the pieces kind of work together. But yeah, you're right. It's not something you're going to, you know, break out for your new new game table. But um, so far, I've been impressed with how like streamlined the complexity his games have been. And I would say from a teaching standpoint, I think the the way we have our podcast structured is it doesn't really allow me to teach a game the way I probably would teach it if I had a physical copy at the table. You know, I would have gone from board to board and pointed at all the things to say, this is what we're doing here. This is what this symbol means. And maybe that would have helped a little bit. I think, you know, to both Kate and BP's point about the iconography, like until you understand what that iconography means, like you don't really glean a whole lot from it just being on the board. So I, the rule book is good. It, I was quick to find, I think, well, for one one piece that wasn't quick was how many, what our parts limit was. But once I found it, it made sense in the section that it was in. It just took me a little bit to like get there. Um, but yeah, for the most part, the rule book was good. I would probably change the way I taught it, um, but not by much. And yeah. Player interaction. Um, it's interesting. It, it didn't feel super interactive at first, but I felt by the end we were all kind of, you got to watch what people are doing. Like what parts are they, what parts do they have? What contracts do they have? You know, when can I sneak in and snipe a robot completion? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, there were there was one time. So the time I glared at you, Kate, uh, yeah, I... there was a way you could have completed the the robot I wanted, uh-huh. but I didn't know if you were thinking that or if you were totally uh-huh. something else. So instead of going after you, where I could have done it and done more things, mm-hmm. I went to the start so I could make sure I got the completion oh, okay. done. So. You were probably safe because I didn't realize. Yeah, but I wasn't sure. And I was like, well, yeah. but the other time, like when you got, when the, yellow the yellow robot, robot, you beat us all to yeah. it. So it's it's tricky. Yeah. And that like wild card aspect, like you did need to be aware and like you were trying to look at what everybody else had. But then there was a, a little bit of unpredictability. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, <laughs> I, I yeah, I agree with both of you guys. I think you make valid points. And yep, I paid no attention to what anyone else was doing. Yeah, she spaced out. Player interaction is where we're at. Uh, no, I know. Oh, okay. Where we're oh, at. Oh, I thought, <laughs> oh, uh, I thought you meant like right now. No. You didn't During the game, she just like. <laughs> no. I thought you were like, you zoned out. No, you, you I've, I've been listening to everybody. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was, uh, I was, <laughs> I yeah. that you just love to figure out. Maybe I spaced maybe out. Maybe you did space out. And I mean, I, I don't think there was much player interaction, but I mean. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. Um, would you play it again, Kiwi? Yeah, I think I would. I don't think it's something I would add to the collection. I think there's plenty of other worker placement games and uh, games with like a similar, like I want to raise prices, I want to lower prices, mm-hmm. I'm trying to complete things. I think the one thing that this does have is like, you know, with a lot of games we played, you're just trying to complete your own thing and nobody really can else can affect that. So that added complexity of, you know, we're all sort of working together, but somebody wants to be the one who finishes it and you don't want to help other people. It just creates a little bit of thought process behind when you place things. So I would play it again, but I don't think it's something I would add to the collection. Yeah, uh, I'll agree with that. I would 
play again. Um, but it kind of fits into all the games of his I've played where I'm like, these are really cool. I like how they work mechanically. Um, but I wouldn't, I don't want a lot of these types of games. And I feel like you said like Raccoon Tycoon kind of fits this mm-hmm. sort of style or uh, mm-hmm. Venus. I like Venus a little bit better than this, probably just because the theme. Um, so I I feel like I just, I don't want a lot of these like complex games that I can't just bring out for everybody. Uh, BP? No. I prefer t- Raccoon Tycoon. Or or what's the wine game? Venticulture. Oh, Venticulture, yeah. yeah. I want to play that. I feel like that keeps coming up. Um, I would play this again. Um, yeah, I think the the theme was a little bit disappointing. I I must be a super nerd and Lou really likes work because I thought the description <laughs> sounded fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I thought... Yeah, I thought the theme was going to come into play and it sounded kind of cute and playful. Um, but yeah, um, the theme is disappointing, but I, I think I think the game was decent. Yeah, I would play again. All right. Uh, that was Bot Factory. So if you have any recommendations of games you'd like to hear our impressions on, you can send them our way. And you can do so via email at firstturntabletop at Gmail or Twitter and Instagram, firstturncast. And the podcasting camel says is he's trying to duck between all the cubicles so that Sandra doesn't see him. He just whispers real, real slowly. Please don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcatchers. We look forward to hearing from you. Play more games. It's like the real world. We're working together, but you also need to do better than everybody else. Fucking with my shit. Yep. That was my plan, because you took my spot. (laughs) (laughs) She's very mad. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're telling her what you do at that station, and she's judging you the whole time. Yeah. With judgy eyes, and she's like riding on a clipboard. Totally judgy. And then you're super nervous and you forget to do stuff, even you though there's a, there's a card that tells you all the things you're yeah. supposed to do. Like you're doing a maintenance inspection and the poor Lance Corporal, all she has to do is look at a at a rubber mat to make sure she's on a, a mat that she won't get electrocuted on. But the checklist says, hey, check the map for cracks. But she doesn't follow the checklist because the inspector's got her all nervous. And then she fails the bit and we get hit on the inspection for it. I mean, you, not we. Why would I say we? That didn't happen to me. (laughs)